Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP on this uh, Thursday, February 17th on this snowy night in, uh, in on southern Ontario. Anyways, I'm looking forward to my guest tonight. Uh, his name is Jack Moore. He's a play-by-play -play announcer uh, for the OHL's Kitchen Rangers on Rogers TV, does some radio work for the Oshawa Generals, and he's also um, uh, does some work for the Ontario Junior Hockey League uh, with CHCH and Hamilton Broadcast as well. So I'm looking forward to speaking to him uh, about both leagues and about his career um, as well in broadcasting. And he also... Uh, I was a long snapper for Laurier football as well, and I believe he does some play-by-play -play work for the uh, the Hawks as well. So, if you guys can just give me one moment, I'll bring on um, I'll bring on Jack Moore, and uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about his career and a bit about the uh, Kitchener Rangers as well. Good evening, Jack. How you doing? Good. How are you, Chris? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Uh, like I said, you can hear and see me okay. Yeah, I got you. You got me. Yep. No problem. So, uh, how was your day? How was your day? Oh, it's been pretty good. Uh, it's been a a, a little bit of a busy week. Uh, Rangers game on Tuesday night in Kitchener. They lost four three in a shootout to Sarnia. Uh, Maple Leafs prospect Ty Voigt had a really good shootout winner. And then last night, I was with the Oshawa Generals in Hamilton. Uh, they lost that one three two in a shootout. That had a playoff like feel type of game to it. Uh, of course, no. Macy McTavish for the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, last night. He's still uh, in China with the uh, Canadian uh, Olympic men's hockey team that unfortunately lost in the quarterfinal. But uh, Oshawa was without some defensemen. They played a tough game. Zachary Papatsakis had a really good game. Uh, and the only goal scored in that shootout was George Diaco. And then this weekend, I got Oshawa Niagara. I'm actually jumping on the Rogers TV Durham broadcast uh, tomorrow to do some color commentary with Shane Hollinshead. Uh, with Mike Luck being called up to uh, Hockey Night in Canada. And then uh, on Saturday, I've got a CHCH game between Aurora and Pickering uh, in the OJHL. And then Monday, I've got Oshawa and Niagara on the Generals radio broadcast. So busy week, just taking it easy today and trying to get ready for a, a big weekend. Definitely. Now, with the Oshawa Generals, you just do the odd game on radio, or do you do a majority of their games on radio? Uh, it, it's a split. I don't know the exact percentage. Um, I'm less than 50%. Um, that's the deal we kind of have at the moment. I live in Ajax. So Oshawa is a couple minutes down the road. Um, and it made it really easy. Um, and working with Callum Ng, who's, who's been doing it for a while with the Gen Z's in his seventh season, uh, with Oshawa, his first year was the uh, Memorial cup season for the generals. So that was a Really good introduction for them, but uh, yeah, it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more than 50-50. Like I would say it's 60-40, maybe 65-35, um, but I get, I get a fair number of games in. I'm usually at least one or two a week um, and, and it's been good. It's been fun and it's, it's fitting really well with my schedule so far. On what I was going to say, and you get to see the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Unfortunately, this year I've not seen any Eastern teams. It's all been uh, Storm against Owen Sound, Kitchener, London, basically a Western Conference. Yeah, exactly right, and, and we're having the same thing. And I mean, I'm I'm seeing it from both sides. In in Kitchener, we see a lot of Guelph, uh, we see a lot of London, Owen Sound, uh, and then in Oshawa, I see a lot of Peterborough, a lot of Hamilton, a lot of Kingston. Um, but that's just the way that the cookie crumbles this year. I'm going to be really lucky. Uh, I've seen 18 of the 20 OHL teams already this year. 
I broadcast a game involving them, and I'm going to see uh, Saginaw at some point in March, I believe. Um, the only team this year I won't see is the Sudbury Wolves. So okay. um, pretty lucky that in a year where there's really very minimal uh, cross-conference games that I get a chance to see almost all 20 teams. Uh, speaking of Saginaw, they're in Guelph tomorrow night, and I'll be uh, doing camera work for Rogers, so I'll get to see them. But I'll tell you one team that really impressed me, and uh, nobody's really given them en- enough uh, attention, I think, is the Flint Firebirds. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Um, they they had a tough uh, tough loss last night against uh, Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, they were up one nothing in that game. But I mean, top end talent. Uh, you got to look at their forward core, uh, and I look at Brendan Othman obviously as as the big piece there. He's I don't know if he's still first in OHL and goals scored, um, but he's up there. I know he scored his 32nd of the year last night. Uh, he got the scoring started in Sault Ste. Marie. Um, and then Luke Cavlin's been great in between the pipes, but a, a guy that I really like for Flint, um, who I feel like hasn't gotten enough credit, but needed, uh, almost like a rebirth is Sahil Panwar. He was, uh, London Knight yes. really wasn't working yeah. in London. Um, he was a highly touted prospect and, and things just didn't go his way. And then he was moved to the Flint Firebirds. He's playing up on the top line. I think, uh, Ethan Keppins on that line uh colson petrie might be on that line like i can't remember exactly how the lines break down but sahil panwar is playing a big big role for the firebirds um so his rebirth and 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 getting his feet under him in the ohl has been a big thing for flint uh but yeah that's a team you know they're they're right there with sue st marie in the west division Uh, i know in the the midwest division it's it's london and guelph right now um, but yeah, I think Flint can do some damage when it comes down to the second, third round of the playoffs. Definitely. Uh, and you know what? I'm so glad to see the Eastern conference, uh, their top five, six teams look as strong as the Western conference. Cause for the last umpteen years, it's usually been the, the OHL winner majority, uh, comes out of the Western conference, but this year in the East, you got four or five really legitimate good teams, including the Mississauga Steelheads. Yeah, right now they're in first place, of course, in the in the OHL. They've looked really good. They play a, a very good system hockey game, and they really don't get away with uh, away from it. And I mean, they're also backstopped by two phenomenal goaltenders, Roman Bazarin and and Joe Ranger have been phenomenal on the back end for them. Uh, in net, uh, Joe Ranger leads the league in save percentage, and Roman Bazarin, uh, who was claimed off waivers back in October. Um, which is crazy to think he was he was waived uh, from the WHL. He played for a team in BC in the WHL. Nobody else picked him up, and the Mississauga Steelheads had room for an extra overager, and they brought him in, and it's it's working out for them. They're also getting a lot of help from their young guys, um, but they were a really young team in 2019, 2020, right? Like Ethan Del Mastro was their captain, one of their best players. He was a rookie and we saw him late in the year against the Kitchener Rangers in uh, 2020, right before COVID hit. And, uh, and Jacob Ingham made an unbelievable save to rob him of his first OHL goal. Uh, I remember that one vividly. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's nice to see Mississauga competitive. Um, of course, they went on that run to the OHL Championship Series in 2017, but everybody kind of knew that they had no chance against the Otters. But I think whoever they're playing in the playoffs this year knows that Mississauga's got a real shot this year. But you're absolutely right. Top to 
uh, top to bottom in the East is very competitive. Um, there's five teams that can win it. You saw it uh, back to that 2017 year, um, the Western Conference, top five teams in the Ontario Hockey League in terms of points, all were in the Western Conference. Somebody had to lose in the first round, and it was the Windsor Spitfires. They were hosting the Memorial Cup that year, and they won it. So that's mm -hmm. just how good it was, and I think we're seeing something a little bit similar coming through the East this season. I was going to say in the Western Conference, uh, number one to four, I think is pretty well going to stay that. I just think between Guelph, number five, six, seven, and eight, it's still up for grabs. And Kitchener is only, I believe, six points behind the Guelph Storm right now. The Guelph Storm have struggled since uh, they've returned from action. And I think, uh, in my opinion, that one month off really hurt them. Yeah, and some teams it's going to be a difference in how they do, right? Uh, you know, like – you never know how how those breaks are going to affect teams. Some teams do better um, because they got the rest. Some teams get rusty and things just don't seem to go their way. Um, but yeah, I mean, the East, it seems like with the way that Guelph has trended since a little bit of time off, um, uh, it seems like it's a three horse race up at the top. But if Guelph can get things going, I think I read um, the other night that Sasha passed a job hasn't scored in his last 11 games. games um, so he's been, he, who, he was red hot. He was carrying the team the first half of the season. Um, so without him going at full speed, that's going to be really tough. Uh, and then obviously Sousa Marie losing Tanner Dickinson, like that makes a huge difference uh, in terms of who's going to be uber competitive when it comes playoff time. So I think you're looking at a, a three-horse race between Sault Ste. Marie, Flint, and London, but it might come down to the Firebirds and the Knights at the end of it. Definitely. And uh, Guelph's got to start getting some wins too because right now they're the number five seed, but they could very well easily drop to the eight seed. That just shows you how fast things can turn in the OHL this year. Yeah, especially in the West where, you know, in, in the East, Niagara is sitting way, way down, and they're kind of well out of it. But when you look at the West, you have a lot of teams who are competitive and can keep climbing higher and higher uh, and are within striking distance if they go on a little bit of a run through the next stretch of the season. So it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, it, it's something you got to be scared of every team. There's no easy outs in the Western Conference. Okay. Hey, two things I wanted to ask you before I get into questions. Uh, thoughts on the Memorial Cup being pushed back to June 20th and thoughts on the three stars because today Larry Malott, Steve Bell, uh, Mike Farwell, a number of guys chimed in on it and, and I, I told these guys they should just get rid of the three stars altogether or just let the broadcasters do their own three stars. Yeah, uh, so first we'll go to the Memorial Cup. Uh, I think it's good that they're giving the teams a little bit of time to finish out the season. Uh, we'll see in the coming weeks if the OHL pushes stuff back. I know we've seen, we saw games canceled last week or this week, um, not due to COVID, but due to scheduling reasons. So hopefully they're extending the season a week or two to allow instead of having a game every other day for these kids, you know, we're giving a little bit more time before we ramp up into the playoffs where it is a game every other day. Um, so, so I don't mind it. it it's just going to be a very tough off season uh, for whatever team wins the Memorial cup or goes to the Memorial cup from the Ontario hockey league. It's going to be a, a short off season um, for the guys who will be coming back. And then the guys who, We'll be going to NHL training camps. And then, of course, the World Juniors are, are now in August. Uh, that came out today as well. 
Um, so there's going to be a lot of hockey for these kids in a very short amount of time. Uh, and they're not going to get a true off season uh, until uh, the summer following this one, summer 2023. So uh, it's going to be a grind for these kids, but I, I don't mind it because I think they need to get a little bit more time off here. Okay. Definitely. And then uh, back to the three stars question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with Farwell and Pope every, every time the Rangers are at home. So I hear it all the time uh, from those two, but yeah, I mean, it's you look at London and and they've only had two games where an away team players had one of the three stars. What's the point? You know, does it really do anything? Um, but I know that when you look at it from a business side, there aren't too many teams in the OHL that don't have an advertisement attached to the three stars. Um, so it's the home team getting a little bit extra revenue. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's difficult when you see like you have a close game, one goal or a two goal game late. Matthew Patra has two goals in the contest and all three stars are from the London Knights. And that's, you know, that's not really in the spirit of it, but each team can really decide how they want to divvy that up. And at the end of the day, it doesn't affect wins and losses or points in the standings. So uh, I don't think we should put too much stock into it. No, and uh, I was talking to Steve Bell on Twitter today. Him and Manny on their broadcast do their own three stars. Yeah. So, okay. A lot, of, more... a lot of broadcasts will do that. Yeah, and I think maybe that's what uh, some of the other guys should do too. Just that's the way I look at it. So, um, okay, I uh, just wanted to ask you some questions. Absolutely. Uh, one, one I wanted to ask you, can you just tell my audience just a little bit about yourself and when did you decide you wanted to pursue a career in broadcasting and play-by-play? Uh, yeah, so I'm 24 years old. I turned 25 in May. Um, I'm from Ajax. I still live in Ajax. Um, I was uh, an athlete as a kid. Uh, and then when I got into high school, I was a very bad goalie in hockey. And I was a mediocre long snapper in football. So the opportunity to go play football at the next level was better than the opportunity to play hockey. Uh, so I decided to pursue that a little bit more. Um, ended up going to Wilfrid Laurier. I'm playing two seasons as a, a long snapper there. We won the Yates Cup in 2016, my second year with the team. Um, and when I decided to, I, I wanted to get into broadcasting for a while. I think I was 11 or 12 when I would just listen to the radio on my way to hockey practice or um, at home when I was playing video games, I had one of those DVD players that was also uh, uh, an FM AM radio as well. And it was hooked up to the surround sound. So while I was playing Xbox, I would um, turn on the radio and just listen to music. And I always wanted to be the DJ in between that came on in between the songs. Um, and then it was about that time that I learned that, like, I always got confused as a kid, like why, how Joe Bowen, went from his like Monday to Friday, nine to five in Toronto, and then did a Leaf game at nine o'clock in Colorado. It didn't make sense to me. But then I found out that that was his full-time job. So I wanted that to be my full-time job because I just wanted to talk about sports. Uh, and then I think the moment where it really clicked in was the 2010 Olympics. Uh, Chris Cuthbert's golden goal call of Crosby's goal in overtime to win Canada the gold against the States. That was probably when I wanted to become a play-by-play -play broadcaster. And then when I showed up to Laurier, I just started volunteering at the student radio station, um, got to work with the athletic department a little bit. And then I became the sports director at the radio station. And 
then I, I got to work with the athletic department a little bit more, still work for them now. I do the play-by-play for the OUA TV feed for Laurier football. So yeah, you're quite, you got quite a busy schedule. There's no yeah. off season. There's no off seasons for a Jack. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a nice little stretch in the summer um, from the end of whenever the OHL ends until Labor Day. There's a nice little stretch where I get uh, quite a bit of time off. It's almost too much time that it's, I don't know what to do with myself and I go a little bit stir crazy. Um, but once we hit Labor Day um, and, and, OUA football starts and uh, the OHL opens their training camps. I'm in full go mode. And, and yeah, there's not a lot of time off in between games or gigs and I'm going here, there and everywhere for stuff, but uh, it's fun. I wouldn't trade it for doing anything else. That's it's what I love to do and uh, hope to do it for a long time. Hockey and football are your favorite sports to call play by play then? Uh, actually I would put them, I would put them two and three basketball is probably my favorite. Um, I okay. did a little bit of basketball while I was at Laurier. Uh, I did, uh, I did some color commentary for the KW Titans of the NBL for a season. Um, and then I also did play by play for the inaugural season of Ontario tech Ridgebacks basketball back in 2019, 2020. Um, I love the pace of basketball for me specifically, Um, football is very dead and calm until the seven seconds of the play happens. And then it's very quick, but then it's dead and calm for about a minute. Um, whereas hockey, you're just kind of going all the time. TV is a little bit different than radio TV. You're, um, you're more identifying the players that have the puck as opposed to telling people where they are, because you don't have to describe because they can see where everything is radios very, very fast. So I find basketball is that perfect balance in between the two. So that's, that's why I found, I, I actually love calling basketball the most because you get in a little bit of storytelling, you get in a little bit of play by play, the play by play can pick up and be really fast. It can be slow, but it, it's kind of a happy balance between hockey and football. Okay. Uh, you already answered my second question because I'm, I'm working on my listening skills, which is huge in this. Um, <laughs> obviously, you went to Wilfrid Laurier. Did you have any mentors when you were starting out in broadcasting? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I still do. Um, I have I have a bunch. I have a bunch of people that I would consider mentors. Um, first and foremost, at, at Wilfrid Laurier, it was um, Dan Paulus Chuck, who's now the communications coordinator for Wilfred Laurier. He, at the time he was, um, he was the play-by-play voice of Laurier football. I got to know him when I was on my, in my first year at the school and, and got to work with him closely and, and Justin Fota as well, who did the color commentary for him on Laurier football and a bunch of basketball and hockey broadcasts. Um, so those two for sure, uh, were the big ones to help get my foot in the door. And Dan was huge for me making the jump from doing university athletics to the Ontario hockey league. Cause he did a lot of stuff with the Rangers and it was because of him that I actually got in with the Kitchener Rangers. Um, so that was massive for me. And then uh, Jamie Howieson, who used to be the communications coordinator at Wilfred Laurier. Uh, he's now at UBCO in, uh, in Kamloops uh, or yeah, Kamloops uh, somewhere in BC and, and he was massive, massive, huge part uh, in, in me 
um, pursuing a broadcasting career. Um, so those, those would be the big three at the start. And now I have a couple that, that really help me out when I, when I need some help, uh, just kind of evaluating how I go about my process. Okay. And also I had uh, Mike Hogan, who's one of my friends on, he used to call Warford Laurier football on 570 uh, city yep. news too. And he's a really great guy to talk to and have him give you advice about the, the industry as well. Absolutely. Mike is, you know, I, I don't think I'm really going out on a limb by saying this, but Mike is probably not probably Mike is the best radio broadcaster in the Canadian football league. Absolutely. Um, you, you listen to him call a game and you know, everything that's happening. You feel like you're at the game. Um, he's got a passion and a love for the Argos that's unmatched. Um, like he is just a perfect person for that job. And he is definitely in the job that suits him. I wish, I wish, I wish the Argos had radio games on the road um, because I love listening to Mike call Argo games. They're my favorite team. Um, but yeah, Mike is the best radio play-by-play voice in the CFL. Um, and I love, I love listening to him call a football game. Yeah, I had him on a couple weeks ago and I asked him that question and I think he's working on it with uh, with the pandemic uh, things getting better that maybe possibly he could be doing some uh, road games this year as well. Really hope so. I really hope so. Definitely. Uh, and uh, I like TV, but I also like radio. And, and to me, how I grew up in sports in the 70s was listening to radio. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. And that's how I grew up. And then obviously in the 80s, TV was more of a factor, but radio, you got to paint more of a picture than television. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the difficult part too is, is, you know, you can have somebody who's a really good TV football broadcaster, especially football. Like football is, is very different because like you watch the best in the NFL, right? You get Joe Buck, Jim Nance, Al Michaels, if you close your eyes and just listen to them, you know, they might give you the yard line. Um, and then at the end of the play, they'll say makes the catch for 14 yards first down, but there isn't a whole lot going on. Like you, you can't evaluate in your head. You can't see in your brain how everything's moving on the field based off what they're saying. Uh, and Mike does a phenomenal job at doing that at painting that picture and making sure that you know exactly what's happening at the time. So it's very, very different skill set. But Mike is, again, one of, one of, if not the best in the CFL. Definitely. And I had Don Landry on as well. And he uh, he was a great radio personality. And he was the Argos PA announcer uh, uh, for about six or seven years at BMO Field as well. Yeah, Don is Don is awesome. Every interaction I've ever had with Don has been great. Um, I know he he's a big curling guy too, and I'm a mm. big curling guy. Um, so you know, Canadian football and, and curling. I when I was when I was younger and trying to break into the business and follow, trying to follow people who carved out a niche for themselves, Don was definitely a guy I looked at that was uh, that's something I'd love to do. So yeah, yeah. Don Don another great radio personality of course from his time at the fan um and, and a phenomenal broadcaster i know uh when sportsnet does um some of the uh the provincial championships to go to the briar don he either does manitoba or alberta for sportsnet um and he does a phenomenal job 
I don't know much about curling, to be honest. So maybe one day I'll have you and Don come on and educate me and some of my audience <laughs> on the on the game. I'm being honest with you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, I don't know how much, uh, how many words I'd be able to get in. I think Don could go forever about curling. Um, but yeah, no, I, I am a, a, a big, I come from a curling family. I love the sport. I think it's awesome. And so whenever it's on Olympics, Scotties, Briar, anything, world championships, um, you know, I, I'm usually uh, glued to a TV screen watching all the curling. Okay. My next question I wanted to ask you is, um, did you do any volunteering or inter internships and how important it was in your broadcasting career? Yeah. I mean, everything is, you know, there's a lot of volunteer work that goes into it, especially when you're starting, um, whether it's uh, universities that can't afford to pay people, uh, colleges that can't afford to be pay people, or if you're a student, usually the student radio stations are, are volunteer only like it's um, that's the opportunity that's presented. Uh, so that was my first year at Laurier. It was all volunteer work. Um, I've never done any internships. Um, I've been very lucky to get to where I am without them, um, but they can be super, super beneficial. The, the only things that I get a little bit wary on about internships though is some internships will ask you to do 20 to 30 hours of work a week um, for no money. And it, it's very difficult task. And it, it kind of creates a separation in between, you know, who can afford to essentially network to get jobs after their internship and who can't because of people who aren't in the same situations to take an internship or volunteer because they have to pay their rent, pay their gas bills, um, pay everything else, pay their grocery bills, as opposed to people who, you know, have that taken care of, they don't have to worry about that. Um, so they can be super, super beneficial, but they're not the be all end all of success. Um, but what I would say is, is the big thing with internships and volunteering, uh, first and foremost, network as much as possible, get on people's good books, do, do the best work that you possibly can, get in good with people, you get good references, and you never know where people are going to get end up in the future, you might need them to get a job in the future. Um, but if you're in a position where you can't get an internship, or you can't afford to volunteer your time that or that much time uh, into a position, don't feel like you can't break into the industry without it. Yeah. Right now, um, I've been with Rogers TV for about two plus years as a camera operator for the Gulf Storm Games, which I love doing. Neil White's yep. a great producer. And these guys gave me an opportunity. And uh, and I've been doing my podcast for two years. So um, I went to school for law and security and I didn't go in broadcasting, but I'm hoping with my volunteer work with Rogers TV and doing this podcast and building up contacts on here i've actually made a lot of friendships doing this as well uh, i'm hoping Absolutely. somebody i'm hoping somebody one day will give me an opportunity in radio that's my goal i'm fighting the odds being 49 50 years old but this is something i really have a passion for and really enjoy doing and, and that's the best approach to it too is, is if you have a passion for it if you love doing it um keep working at it and, and hard work won't go unnoticed um that'll be the big thing uh and, and never you know Never be scared of rejection either is something that I tell people, um, you know, the amount of times where people have talked to me again, like, 
I, I mentioned it earlier. I'm 24. I'm the TV play-by-play voice of the Kitchener Rangers. I do radio games for the Oshawa Generals. I have a national TV contract with CHCH. Um, and people are like, wow, like very successful for a very young age. Um, but that doesn't mean that I haven't had my share of rejection. I have mm-hmm. had a, a lot of rejection and a lot of people not answer or tell me that I can't do stuff because of X, Y, and Z. Um, but it, it hasn't hindered me. It's well, that opportunity didn't come through. If that opportunity comes up again, what am I going to do in between that to make sure that the next time they have to hire me because I'm the best possible candidate for the job. Um, so, so a lot of that, I mean, you look at COVID, I went 567 days in between broadcasting games. My wow. phone didn't ring once. Um, so, you know, obviously in that 18 month stretch there, there were those times where it crept in, like, am I going to be able to do this again? Because nobody wants me right now. Um, but then as we kind of got through it, stuff started up again in the fall, I was having to turn stuff down because my phone was ringing so much. Um, so just work hard, make good contacts, um, and, and do it because you love it. That, that would be a lot of my big advice. Definitely. And I've had guys like Mike Hogan and Jerry Haworth uh, come on my show and they even tell me how much I've improved. And that means a lot to me that people like them in their industry have been telling me how much I've improved. So that keeps me motivated as well. Absolutely. And, you know, those are two two of the most respected guys that you could get it from. So if, if they're saying that other people are noticing too. Definitely Jack. Um, you already talked about how you ended up with the kitchen Rangers play by play job. How did you end up getting this, the, the CH, uh, uh, job for the OJ or the Ontario junior hockey league. And how did you end up getting to do some more radio work with the Oshawa generals? Yeah. So, um, CHCH was an interesting one. Um, it was from a contact that I had made, not through working in broadcast. Like it was because I was a broadcaster and they were in the industry as well, but how we met was not through broadcasting. Um, and so there was just a day, uh, this past September where I was about to take a nap. Uh, and my phone rang and they asked if I was still doing play by play and was wondering if I'd be interested in a TV gig, um, to put my name in for the OJHL on CHCH, um, them and, and another, um, well-respected broadcaster put their stamp of approval on me, uh, to the producers into the league. Uh, and then the league offered me the job. So that one was, was really through networking. Uh, it wasn't a job call that was put out. Um, that one was strictly through networking and people that I knew that I got that opportunity. Um, and then for, for the generals, they put out a, a job posting uh, a month or two before the season. And I just figured, hey, I'm down the road. If we can make it work with my TV schedule, great. If not, no worries. And just through the entire process, I was waiting for the um, message of hey, we need somebody with a little bit more commitment than what you can give us with your schedule. And that never really came to be. It just continuously, every hurdle we got through, it was, yep, that works. Yep, that works. Yep, that works. Um, And so eventually it got to the point where we were two weeks out from the season and they asked if I wanted to join the team. And and I'm really glad I have. It's it's been an awesome experience so far and and I've loved it. And uh, I hope to 
keep doing a good job for them. And then, like I mentioned earlier, tomorrow night I'm doing a Jens game, but it's not on radio. I'm doing the color commentary on their TV broadcast. So uh, it's also opened up the opportunity to do some more TV stuff as well. And how many games is CHCH committing to that? Uh, CHCH is committed to five. So we're two games in already. Um, We have a game on Saturday. Uh, so in two days from now, uh, between Pickering and Aurora at the Aurora uh, Community Center. Um, so that will be game number three. And then week four, we have Georgetown at Oakville. And then week five, we finish out. Um, I don't remember the opponent, but we're in Trenton uh, for game number five. Uh, so we're we're five games this year. I know they've done more in the past. Um just with every how everything worked this year, uh, there was talks we might have started in December that got pushed back to the start of January, and we were supposed to do eight games. But then, of course, the OJHL got shut down because of COVID restrictions, so we had to take a step back, and then we just were able to start up at the beginning of February. Um, so, yeah, we're doing five games this season, hopefully okay. more next year. And what time are the games normally on Saturday on CHCH? They're always going to be at three o'clock. So okay. those ones, um, no matter the uh, opponents or the location of the game, um, if we're doing a game, it's three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Okay, no problem. Are you still okay for a few more questions? Absolutely. Go ahead. Definitely. Um, next one I want to ask you, thoughts on the Rangers season overall and uh, so far and the work of uh, general manager and head coach uh, Mike McKenzie? Yeah, I mean, I think the start of the year got a lot of people's hopes up on what this could be. Um, I think a lot of people didn't know what anybody in the OHL had this season um, coming into it. Like the only known commodity in the OHL this year was Shane Wright. And even then he got off to a little bit of a slow start uh, for a number one projected overall pick standard. Um so, so nobody really knew. And then when the Rangers rattled off five wins in a row to start the season, you looked at this team and you said, Hey, this team could do some damage. Um, but unfortunately, um, no Donovan Sobrango really, really hurt. That was a big loss for the Rangers, um, not being able to come back from Grand Rapids. And then uh, also two 19 year old defenseman who was on the Finnish world junior team, Ville Odevainen was a 17 year old in 2019 2020 would have played a huge part so if you bring him back into the mix and you bring in donovan sobrango all of a sudden the top four for the kitchener rangers at the start of the season is arbor jack roman schmidt donovan sobrango vileo divinen and that's one of the top decors in the ohl you're now all of a sudden one or two forward trades away from being super competitive Um, so I think the start of the year got a lot of people's hopes up. Um, but I think the Rangers need a season like this just to retool, restock the draft picks, uh, get back into the mix and then build up for the future later on. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's junior hockey. Um, I know that Ranger fans get frustrated, uh, when that gets brought up because you look at the Midwest division, the last team. Uh, the Rangers have gone the longest without winning an OHL championship, right? So 2008, every, yep. 2008 everybody yep. else has won one since from the Midwest division. Now, I mean, we're talking 14 years, so it's not a whole lot of time, but 
and two years in there where nobody was crowned a winner. So you're really talking 12 years stretch and every other team in the division has won at least one Guelph and London have won it twice. London might have won it three times. So, you know, you're, you're, you're playing in this super, super competitive division where winning is the ultimate expectation uh, and you play for an organization where winning is the expectation and that's what the fans expect. But sometimes you need to have those years. Um, as for Mike, I love Mike. He's he's always been awesome to us on our Rogers TV broadcast. I think he does a really good job. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, his record speaks for his, itself as a coach. Um, I think he's done a great job as a coach. Um, and if he feels comfortable in both roles. I'm confident in him to be able to do both roles. I think Mike's great. Um, I don't think there's anybody top of mind who could run the organization better in in the roles that he's asked to be in. Um, So I I think he's done a phenomenal job. And, you know, I I have all the faith in the world that he's going to lead this team into the future and build towards a a better future for the organization. And I was going to say, and I brought this up the other night to one of my guests too, uh, stability is important with an organization, especially in junior hockey, when you're trying to get these young kids to to commit you to your team. And if they see head coaches and general managers leaving all the time, it gives uh, the player an impression that the organization has a lot of issues. Well, and and that's the thing too. You look at the Declan McDonald trade for the, Kitchener Rangers that's a that's a restocking trade if Hunter Brustewicz never comes to Kitchener but if they're able to convince Hunter Brustewicz to come play for the Rangers like they did Roman Schmidt all of a sudden that's a one-for-one trade where the Rangers get younger and they bolster their blue line it could be a really really good trade for them um so you know what it's it's it is what it is but the stability of it is absolutely you're absolutely right trying to recruit these kids to come in um so i think you know knowing that he's not going anywhere um is is a big thing for the kids and and as it should be he's done a great job yep it's definitely same with uh uh george burnett and guelph uh the hires in in london you 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 know what you're going to get with their program year after year with those people yeah, and I, I would even say the same thing uh, with the Oshawa Generals that I work for and, and Rocco Tulio as the president and governor and, and Roger Hunt as the general manager. They do have a first-year head coach in Todd Miller who's done a phenomenal job. He was 10 years with the Barry Colts uh, as uh, the late Dave uh, Dale Anderchuk. Uh, Dale Howardchuk, I apologize for that. Uh, Dale Howardchuk's assistant in uh, in Barry for a long, long time. Now he's the first time head coach, and he's done a good job. He's got a good staff with him, Curtis Foster and and Mike Hedden. And Curtis used to be a head coach in Kingston, so he knows what he's doing. Okay, and I just got a couple more questions for you, uh, Jack. Uh, which Kitchener Rangers, and maybe I should say some Oshawa Generals, have surprised so far, and some players uh, to watch out for as a fan of the OHL on both those teams, like Oshawa and Kitchener. Yeah, so starting with Kitchener, um, I think the big one, you know, I'm not really surprised by it, but I saw this kid play a lot when he was in U16 for the Don Mills Flyers, uh, Roman Schmidt. I've mentioned him a couple times. He's been absolutely phenomenal. He was a third-round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, he's an unbelievable defenseman, um, fast skating, big body, 6'4", weighs about 215 pounds, um, but he can move the puck. He's got a cannon of a shot. Um 
he's a he's a really really good defenseman uh he was on that u16 team with brant clark brendan othman shane wright liam armsby uh you name it as you go down the list like the the stars that that don mills flyers team pumped out um he he was a part of that team as well uh so so for me he he's been the big one for the rangers this year of course francesco pinelli is he is the star of the team. He's the captain. He's the face of the franchise at the moment. Uh, we haven't seen him a lot in, in recent games. Um, but I think the the kind of one that surprised a lot of people because he was relatively unknown to the OHL was Roman Schmidt. Um, but I'm glad because uh, I, I knew who he was going into this season. Uh, I'm glad that he's played as well as he has uh, this year for Kitchener. Uh, and then for the Oshawa Generals, I mean – they just have so many good pieces. Um, Ty Tulio obviously is, is having a phenomenal year. He had two goals last night against Hamilton. Um, but but they're so good depth wise. Stuart Roloffs started the year. He played, I forget how many games, maybe 15 games for London to start the year. And he had three goals and three assists. And he's almost a point per game guy in Oshawa now. Um, he's just had this unbelievable turnaround since coming over to the generals. Um, so I would say Stuart Roloffs is a big one. Cameron Butler just came over. He was the captain of the Niagara Ice Dogs. Now he's a general, uh, Oscar Olison, obviously first round pick of the Colorado avalanche. He's been phenomenal this year for Oshawa since he's come over in the last month or so. Um, so he's really exciting to watch. And then, uh, David Jesus on the back end is, is a guy that I love to watch as well as Leighton Moore. Um, undrafted to the NHL, Leighton Moore was, but he went to rookie camp with the Leafs this year. Uh, almost a point per game defenseman. He he really controls things things from the back end, and he quarterbacks the power play. He looks really good. They also have an 18 year old goaltender who's a rookie in the OHL this year, Patrick Lever, who's been phenomenal. Do uh, before I, I get to the last question, I wanted to ask you. What's your prediction for the uh, OHL championship this year uh, out of the East and the West? Uh, Oshawa against Kitchener, and uh, I'm going to stay out of who wins that one. Okay, no worries. I'm just so (laughs) happy to see the Eastern Conference. Um, I think it makes the league uh, stronger together when both conferences are strong. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. Okay, and my last question I wanted to ask you was um, any advice, not just for me, but for those looking to pursue a career in broadcasting and TV and radio, and where can my audience find you on social media? Yeah, um, so social media, that's a really easy one. Twitter and Instagram, at MadJack54. Um, I have open profiles on both. Um, so if, if anybody wants to reach out uh, personally for advice, uh, they can send me a message on there. Um, on, on both those platforms at madjack 54 is my handle on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and then in terms of general advice, um, I mean, there, there's so many ways to get into the industry. Like you look at everybody who who's doing it at a high level and you, you look at what their path has been and none of them are the same. Everybody's different. Um, and nobody's wrong. It's, and nobody's right. It's just everybody's different. Um, But I would say the big thing that everybody has in common is one, getting behind a mic and honing their skills. Um, So obviously you uh, doing your podcast, you're talking all the time. Um, I think a great thing that you're doing as well, like 
even if like you say like, Hey, I want to be a radio broadcaster, but you're learning the TV side, you know how to use a camera, you can video edit, you can audio edit, right? Those things are huge when you try to get a job in sports media, because uh, organizations can look at you and say, this guy does everything, right? That was a piece of advice I got from Donovan Bennett from Sportsnet. He told me, if you can do everything, they're going to have to try and find ways not to hire you. If you can film your own stand-up, if you can do a stand-up, if you can do a voiceover, if you can edit um, your video, if you can edit your audio, all these things, if you can use social media effectively, all these things go in your favor when it comes time to finding a job. Um, so, so I would say get behind a mic and try and learn as much as possible. Um, if you have to, um, you know, volunteer time calling basketball or volleyball or hockey games um, for, you know, your local college, absolutely reach out. People are always looking for uh, broadcasters. Reach out to your local junior hockey teams as well whether it's the GOJHL, the OJHL, the My Hockey TV streams need announcers and it gives you an opportunity to hone the craft and, and get a chance and a sense of what it's really like to get behind a mic and do play-by-play for a game that lasts two and a half hours. And I'm also lately uh, recently taking up blogging too. I find that it's another skill and it's something I, I wanted to start getting into on a regular basis. Yeah, if you know how to write, if you have an ability to write articles, again, like that just goes into to learning how to do everything. I mean, you look at Mike Hogan, he's a great example. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the team. He's the communications coordinator for the Argos. He writes phenomenal articles. Um, and he also does videos as well for the team on their social media pages. He really does everything and and it's because he can do everything that he can stay employed as long as he wants because not only is he that good but he knows how to do everything so there's no reason not to hire him okay and i was gonna say and i I brought this up to mike farwant he didn't believe me i haven't been to a kitchener's rangers game in the odd in kitchener since march of 1983 when they oh, beat wow. the, when they beat the golf platers 13 to 1. And I said, Yeah, and I was the only plater fan in the arena at that time. Yeah. Kirk Muller, Kirk Muller, who played, ended up having an NHL career, scored a goal, and I was the only one standing up in the building for that goal. And that was the year uh, the Rangers were still the defending Memorial Cup champions. So uh Mike Firewall said I should hit him up because I, I am long overdue into coming to a game at the odd. Absolutely. You're almost 40 years. That's that's got to change. We got to get you into the odd and, and make sure that when you do come in, you're wearing a Rangers shirt, not a storm shirt. OK, but uh, I was going to say, Jack, uh, I want to say thank you so much for giving me some of your uh, time during your busy schedule for coming on live with CDP podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. It was awesome. I've, I've listened to a bunch of episodes. It sounds great. Um, just glad to be a part of the uh, impressive guest list you have. I'm sorry to, to turn it down a bit in terms of the quality of guest, but uh, you do a good job and I'm, I appreciate you inviting me on. Well, thank you. No, you're one of the best guests. And uh, like you said, I'm just very appreciative of getting uh, people to come on my podcast and I'm just going to keep working hard at this and keep improving every day. that's the only way to do it. Evaluate yourself, listen to yourself back. What do you like? What do you don't? What do you want to change? Listen to other podcasts too. Write down what they do that you like. Uh, Maybe write down what they don't like, but 
it's it's something that you want to incorporate um, and turn it into a positive into your own podcast. So there's so many ways to go about it. But yeah, absolutely. If you keep getting better every day, uh, it's only going to grow and grow and grow. Okay. Well, Jack, uh, have a great night and we'll keep in touch with you on social media and have a great uh, weekend with calling games. Awesome. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me on. You too. Thanks, Jack. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Uh, anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast tonight with Jack Moore. He's the Rangers TV. He's the Rangers TV play-by-play voice of the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. Does some radio work for the Oshawa Generals, and he also does some uh, CHCH uh, games of the week for the Ontario Junior Hockey League as well, and also calls uh, uh, Laurier um, Golden Hawks football games uh, during the fall as well. Um, so, anyways, I really appreciate Jack coming on today. And also, guys, just to let you know before I wrap up this podcast, I have another podcast tomorrow, Live with CDP Podcast. The next show is tomorrow, Friday, February 18th at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Guest is Barry Davis, former radio personality on the Fan 590 and former reporter for the Toronto Maple Leafs and field reporter for the Toronto Blue Jays on Sportsnet. And he was part of their 15-16 playoff runs as well. So we're going to talk about Barry, about his career in radio, television and what is he what he has been doing uh since he's moved on from uh the fan 590 sports net and the blue jays and stuff as well so uh, i'm looking forward to speaking to barry as well um i just want to say thank you to everyone watching this live on my youtube channel uh please subscribe if you already haven't i'm looking to get more subscribers uh thank you to everyone watching this on facebook live and on my twitter page at chris d Pame. if you like to follow me there on twitter at chris d Pame. and uh also guys just to let you know uh, live with CDP podcast. The audio version is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Castboxed, and LinkedIn as well. And also, guys, you can follow me on TikTok uh, live with CDP. And I will be posting another video on TikTok tomorrow night from uh, the Sleeman Center. And uh, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow night as well. I'm going to bring that up right now. Um, Gulf Storm are back home at the Sleeman Center at a 50% capacity uh, versus the Saginaw Spirit. 7.30 face-off. You can catch the game on Rogers TV. I'll be doing camera work uh, on the game, which I'm looking forward to. And if you can't watch it, you can listen to it on CJOY 1460 uh, AM in Guelph with Larry Malott, who does a great job as well. And I'm really looking forward to that. And also, before I wrap it up, the 2022 NFL Draft takes place this year in Las Vegas, April 28th to the April 30th. The Jaguars have the number one pick. The Lions have number two. And let's see, guys. Just going to just put this up on here as well. Let's see. Going to just read comments quickly. Uh, Basdale comment absolutely awesome thank you bassdale i really appreciate you watching uh thank you so much and i'm like i said i'm just trying to improve and get better every podcast but thanks buddy for watching i really appreciate that and uh let's see guys uh i think that's pretty well it uh i'm gonna get ready for uh work at midnight oh just to let you know you guys can follow out my blogs at um i'm now blogging uh, wordpress.com slash home slash 
live with CDP podcast. I'm going to try to do a blog this weekend. I'm trying to do two or three blogs a week. So if you want to check out uh, some of my writing there as well. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to my next podcast tomorrow. Uh, with again at 12 o'clock Eastern, uh, guest Barry Davis, formerly of the Fan 590 and Sportsnet as well. Again, I want to say thank you to Jack Moore, play-by-play voice of the Kitchener Rangers and radio voice of the Oshawa Generals for coming on live with CDP podcast today. And again, I want to say thank you to everybody for watching this live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and those that listen to this on my audio platforms uh, as soon as I download them in the next few minutes as well. So I hope everybody has a great night. And drive safely because it's uh, 10 to 20 centimeters of snow tonight across southern Ontario. So I've got to get ready to go into work at midnight. So um, anyways, guys, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Barry Davis tomorrow. And I hope everyone has a great night. And we'll see you guys tomorrow at 12 o'clock for another edition of Live with CDP podcast. And tonight's episode was Season 3, Episode 6 with Jack Moore. So the next episode will be episode seven with Barry Davis tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Have a good night, guys, and drive safely. And thanks again for watching, listening to Live with CDP podcast.